From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker and editor of the CQ Budget Newsletter. And I'm joined again by Peter Cohn, the editor of the budget team here at CQ. Thanks for being here, Pete. Glad to be here, David. So the House actually got a lot of work done last week on the appropriations front. It passed its first batch of spending bills for fiscal 2019, dubbed a minibus because it bundles together three of the 12 annual bills that fund the government. That's one for the Department of Veterans Affairs and military construction projects. There's one for energy department and water programs and one that funds Congress. And the House also passed President Trump's request to cancel nearly $15 billion in previously approved spending, known as a rescissions package. But the fate of both measures remains very uncertain as they head to the Senate. While Republicans could ram them through the House on party-line votes, bipartisan support will be needed to get them passed in the Senate. So, Pete, let's start with the minibus package. Will the Senate want to take that up, and why are Democrats so upset about it? Democrats are upset about this. Not all. You had 23 Democrats in the House vote for the package. They're not upset about two big pieces of it. They're not upset about the military construction VA piece of this, Veterans Affairs Department, uh, which is the biggest piece of this minibus. They're not upset about the portion of the bill funding the legislative branch or their own, essentially their own offices. That's a good thing as far as they're concerned. They're not even really upset about the overall funding levels in the energy water title of the bill. But the energy water title was what sparked the Democrats, most of the Democrats, to, to oppose the minibus. They don't like policy provisions that were put in there, and they don't like where some of the money went or didn't go in the uh, energy water title of the bill. So that's going to cause some problems uh, now for this package when it goes over to the Senate. But as usual, the Senate has acted in a more bipartisan fashion with the spending bills and their own energy and water spending bill in the Senate actually came out of the Appropriations Committee on a 30 to 1 vote. So uh, it's going to be the, the bill in the Senate looks far different. Yeah, when you say they don't like the uh, policy provisions, these are what the Democrats call the poison pills. These are the rollbacks of environmental rules, and there's one on, on guns on federal land that got them all uh, pretty upset. Right. A poison pill is what is what you call something that's inability where you like, you know, 90% of the bill, but there's something in there that just, that's the one thing I'm just, I just cannot support this bill because it makes the entire thing, you know, the one bad apple spoils the whole bunch argument. So in this case, you have several bad apples as far as the Democrats are concerned. And so we have this partisan divide, which spells trouble in the Senate. So now does Mitch McConnell take up this bill or is he more likely to try to proceed with the Senate's own bills, which as you mentioned, have have broad bipartisan support, at least so far. Yeah, the, the floor schedule in the Senate for appropriations hasn't been laid out yet. You know, we know McConnell wants to bring appropriations bills to the floor for the for the bulk of the summer. In fact, canceling three out of the four weeks of the August recess to do so. But we don't know what the order of the bills is going to be yet. We know that the Senate Appropriations Committee is working to get all twelve of the annual appropriations bills out of that committee uh, by the middle of next month, which will give McConnell some options in terms of packaging. They are going to do the minibuses the same as the House is doing, but we don't know exactly what and when. We know next week is probably not going to be a week where they take up spending bills in the Senate because they've got the defense authorization bill uh, on the floor. So the timing and the schedule and the packaging is a little bit unclear. They, the Senate Appropriations Committee has not yet passed its own legislative branch spending bill. They're going to do so next week. So they don't even have substitute bills yet in the Senate to 
swap out the uh, House mm. pass version for. So typically the process is the Senate will bring up the House pass bill and they'll substitute out the entire text of that bill and put in the, the Senate appropriations reported versions of that. So to do that, we've got to get have a legislative branch bill, which we don't have yet because the Senate Appropriations Committee has not yet uh, marked that up. So they may soon try to take up a minibus bill, but it's going to be their own minibus package. Right. It could be these three bills that the House uh, passed on Friday, but they're going to be the versions that uh, came out of the Senate Appropriations Committee, not that came out of the House, uh, came off the House floor on Friday. And let's talk now about the rescissions package, which the Trump administration is eager to get passed to show its concern about the higher spending and the need for deficit reduction. It cuts various programs that had unspent money in them by nearly $15 billion. But how much does this really make a difference, Pete, in terms of the deficit? Oh, it makes no difference whatsoever in terms of the deficit. And we're talking about cutting a billion dollars over... 10 years when you're looking at deficits probably about 12 trillion dollars over 10 years. So it's not it's not really about deficit control. It's about basically showing that there is money that is is uh, not being spent in the federal government. This is the waste fraud and abuse argument. Not in some cases it's just simply money that um, was was appropriated years ago that they thought they were going to need but they but they realized that circumstances change in some of these programs and that th- there's no longer a need to actually spend that money. And we should say this is not uncommon, right? They do, they do this a lot. It's absolutely not uncommon. The appropriations committees uh, rescind money all the time, every year. We've talked about this on this program several times. Billions of dollars a year are rescinded, and then, but the, the difference is usually they're put back into other programs. In this case, that's one of the main reasons why the Democrats oppose this bill is because they want to be able to use a bunch of these, these rescissions to then put back into programs that they support. If you take that money off the table by uh, enacting the rescission separately, you can't then go back and use that as an offset for something else later. So that's a big big uh, problem for uh, this year's appropriations process, actually, if this rescissions bill can get, actually get through the Senate. I know you're going to ask me next about what happens to that in the Senate. But if they do somehow get this, get this bill to the president's desk, it, it decreases the options that the appropriators have to uh, then come and, and fund some of the programs that have been funded in previous years. Okay, and you anticipated my, my next big question, which is, what happens to this package now? Does McConnell take it up, and does he have the votes? So under the law, the 1974 budget, Congressional Budget and Impoundment Control Act is the, the big fancy title for the, for the law. Uh, if they can vote on it by around June 22nd, which is this 45-day period since the president introduced the initial rescissions package, uh, then the Senate can take up this bill and pass it with only a simple majority rather than the typical 60-vote threshold that most bills have to fight it, fight their way mm. through in the Senate. But do they have a simple majority? Well, you know, <laughs> that's the $64,000 question. We don't know. Uh, you, you've heard. We know it's tight, right? We yeah, know it's very it, tight. It, sure, it's tight. You know, because they're not going to get any Democrats on on the board. If if the House vote was any was any uh, indication, they had no Democrats supported in the House. And they don't have John McCain. They don't have John McCain, so they they, they need fifty votes. Now, really, what that means is they need forty nine of their members plus Vice President Mike Pence. So, do they lose a a, uh, a Susan Collins, possibly somebody who's a more moderate uh, Republican in the Senate? That's possible. They can only lose one though. 
they can't if they lose two, then game over, and they're not going to be able to pass it. Now, it's also possible that you get a Democrat like Joe Manchin from West Virginia, who's uh, actually become even closer to President Trump. He's got a, uh, a tight re-election campaign in a very Republican state that supported Donald Trump uh, in 2016. So is it possible that they might offset a loss of a Republican with a Democrat? Uh, it's possible. But the bottom line is we just don't know what the vote count is in the Senate. Uh, so it's going to be very tight. McConnell has not said when he's going to take this up yet. Again, they have the defense uh, policy bill that's on the floor next week. But there's going to be an, a heavy amount of pressure on McConnell to bring up this bill because this this rescissions bill is a top priority of the White House. President Trump's been tweeting about it in the last 48 hours. Uh, Mick Mulvaney, the Office of Management Budget Director, is very invested in this. And uh, the House uh, Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy is the sponsor of the bill. So McConnell is going to probably have to uh, take this up at some point. Okay. So we'll be watching to see what happens to these two big appropriations packages in the Senate. If they get to the Senate, and CQ will be covering that in depth if it happens, when it happens. My thanks again to Peter Cohn, CQ's expert budget and appropriations editor, for joining me again. Thanks, Pete. You're too kind, David. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your CQ budget tracker. We'll be back next week. Until then, you can stay up to date by reading your daily CQ budget newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or NPR One. And for more budget news, you can visit rollcall.com or cq.com or find us on Twitter. The handle is at CQNow or at rollcall. See you next week.